Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. Okay, welcome to podcast number seven, the unfair advantage that we have and you have to make music income. So before we begin the show, just some things that I want to announce. Uh, Make sure and check out the brand new website, makemusicincome.com. I just finished it and made it live on January 1st, 2022. So it is up and has information about all the things we do at Make Music Income, including services like our one-on-one coaching for composers, producers, and artists, as well as our private music licensing mastermind group. And Steve, I want you to get involved in that, by the way, that you can be a part of. So make sure and check out and take a look at the new site, makemusicincome.com. You'll find it in the description below of the show notes. Also, if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify, make sure to take our weekly poll and or question that we put up there because we love your input. We always put a poll up there and so far we've been getting a handful of answers, but we'd love to get more because we always put a poll up about what we are talking about. Or you can ask a question on there and people can type in a question. So maybe this week's question will be, what unfair advantages do you have? And and so we'll, we'll ask that. And then once we get enough, so far there's not really been enough to talk about, but once we get enough responses, that's something we can include on uh, later shows. So as always, we'll start with our weekly updates as busy composers, producers, and music licensors, music licensors, <laughs> Music licensors. That's a word. Music licensors. It's a word okay. now. Steve, you've got some exciting stuff that's happened this week. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a pretty busy week as usual. Um, made some interesting interesting progress on a, on a few fronts. Um, it, it feels good. I feel good about, uh, about this year so far. I'm really revved up. Uh, about the whole year. Uh, you know, as you know, I got a bunch of things that I want to tackle. Um, but like we talked about on uh, a previous a podcast episode. My main focus is just on writing like a lot of music um, yep. throughout this year, Same. and uh, so I've been I've been carving out a much larger slice of every day every day to just write to sit down and write. Always in the mornings when my mind is fresh, um, but only a week into January, I've written like a, a, a yeah a handful of new tracks, um, all of which were meant to be um, are meant to be pitches for Taxi. Speaking of right. Taxi, I did finally get a, um, a hear back on one of the tracks. I did get a forward on one of my submissions, uh, which felt really good. And the ones that didn't get forwarded um, will be, you know, uploaded to stock libraries. Uh, so, yeah, we're off to a good start this year in terms of writing output. Um, in other news, <clears throat> I'm getting really excited for uh, this scoring competition that I was talking about last time we spoke. Um, I'm putting this together for the Academy. Uh, so about a week ago, I decided to start reaching out to um, a handful of sample library and uh, and plugin developers and asking them if they'd be interested in sponsoring the contest by you know providing a free license for uh, one of their products for the prize package. And most of them have not returned <clears throat> my emails just yet, but uh, a couple of them did. A couple of my favorite ones did actually. Uh, specifically, the creator of uh, the Wolf compressor got back to me personally, said he'd be happy to support the contest. I'm a huge fan of uh, everything that Good Hertz does, everything they put out. Um, and the Wolf compressor is has long been 
um, a staple of my of my plugin arsenal. So uh, go check out goodhertz.co and have a look at some of their amazing products. Uh, also, Kush uh, Audio got back to me and they're gonna throw in one of their amazing saturation plugins into the bundle. Kush um, Audio is amazing. Uh, they make uh, they make amazing stuff. They make hardware and software and they have an awesome YouTube channel. Uh, so I'll just push them to go check out uh, House of Kush on YouTube. Uh, Gregory Scott is the man behind the, the whole Kush stuff and he is, he's super entertaining, uh, has amazing videos, really great educational videos on on um on mixing and and producing so um yeah other than that uh you know we're all uh, waiting for uh motion array to um to uh, to you know come up with this new update for like the dashboard for the composers uh uh for those of you who uh, who don't who aren't on motion array that they, they basically kind of overhauled the whole system and we're all kind of waiting in suspense as to you know as to what it's going to look like when they uh <clears throat> when they do uh put out the new um, new backend for the authors. Uh, there's some big changes yeah. going over there. So, um, yeah, we're all kind of in the dark uh, with our earnings uh, thus far. But um, I guess I'm cautiously optimistic about, you know, uh, what they've got up their sleeves and uh, we'll see how it goes. How about you, man? Yeah, uh, I'm also writing this week, not necessarily taxi prompted. By the way, uh, did you, I don't know if you saw my little note, but. Uh, you did like a neo soul. Yeah, you, you saw uh, the brief thing. for that, and it looked like that was uh, since you had just done one for the taxi brief. I wonder if that was taxi brief inspired as oh, yeah. well. Is that the same one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, someone else was asking me for the link to the brief. I, I put it in the in the thread there. So I was I was about to do something for that brief, but it was too soon. I think right. it was, wasn't it yesterday or something like that that it was due or today? No, or the ninth. Like so yeah, it's, it's a couple, few days away. I just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. And mm-hmm. and so uh, last week I worked on a new song and uploaded to Motion Array and it's already in Motion Array. It was it was my copy of your song I told you about. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and then uh, this week I've been writing uh, kind of a funky thing with just a funk bass thing with percussion. But uh, you are related to this tune as well because I did use one of your risers oh, in nice. this uh, tune. So. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm about, you know, I'm, I'm second time through. You know, sometimes you, when you're creating a song, you, you do the first time and you're like, I'm not sure if that's going to be good or not. I'll see. I'll listen again tomorrow. So today I listen. I'm like, that's pretty good. That's going to be that's going to be pretty good. So awesome. I did a little bit more work on it today to the point where I was like, OK, I'm done for today on this. I'll come back tomorrow and finish it up. So that's that's coming up. Um, yeah, and and I got two other songs accepted into Motion Array this week. And here's a little tip for you if you are in Motion Array. You need to be watching the Motion Array requests. Mm-hmm. And it's on their website. They have requests that clients are looking for, apparently. And so and they're in all of their categories, templates, you know, web <laughs> templates and all this kind of stuff. But they have music ones about a couple of months. There's not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They close very fast. They Once they get, I guess they wait for a certain amount of, and then once then they close it. And they say, we don't need any more. It's done. So I saw it while it was open. It happened to be gospel um, tunes. I doubt the gospel ones I sent are gospel enough. They were really wanting black gospel, uh, traditional gospel type songs with choir and and mine did have choir type vocals on them Mm -hmm. but they might be a little too contemporary but anyway both of them are up now on motion rate and got up in one day i put them up on the day that this i mean and when i looked it was at 900 in the queue 
the next day it was up. Wow. So it, you get preference on those songs because they have to look at that and close that request down and that brief down. Right. They will go ahead and if they like it, they'll go ahead and accept it. So it's kind of a fast lane into getting your Motion Array song accepted if you pitch, create and pitch that. But you, you like, just like most like ad briefs that a, a guy comes asking, hey, you got anything for this? It probably closes it that day yeah. or the next day or in the f next few days. So you don't really have time to spend a week working on something. Because and, if you do, by the time you do get it done, it's going to be closed. Yeah, yeah, and, and they reward the, the best submissions with, uh, with like a cash um, prize. Oh, do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's nice. Uh, I'm just happy they're both in, and one of them is already doing well in their staff picks in the uh, in the the uh, uh, inspirational category. Although nice. it's hard to know since we can't see our stats uh, as usual as to what songs are 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 you know taken off. Mm -hmm. You can usually see that as far as income per day with Motion Array. So uh, yeah, like you, hoping that comes back in this sometime this month because that I mean it's not asking too much to know how much your songs are making we we know that with every other library mm -hmm. that there is the mm -hmm. minute the day you get a sale you're told and so it, it even though I know motion array calculates differently than other libraries still it'd be it's going to be nice to get that back again yeah um, yeah they're, they're big overhauls those those kinds of things so you yeah, know you can tell it's a big it's a big overhaul mm -hmm. so um but they have been super responsive to me email-wise. I yeah. put that in our Discord, you know, what they've said exactly. And uh, shout out to Valentin. I hope I'm saying his name right. But he has been super responsive as well as Maya G, who has been very responsive at Motion Array. And they do watch this channel, by the way. They uh, they, they did thank me for the video yeah. that I did on them recently and things like that. So they're watching our channel. They watch your channel as well. And so they, they you know, they're... They're good folks, and they're working hard, and I'm, I'm still happy to be part of Motion Array. Yeah, same um, here. In my sync licensing side, I was working this morning on my classical album for one of my exclusive libraries, and it's always good to wake up to Mozart. It just always is. I mean, <laughs> there, there's almost no bad thing about I was working on a, a piano piece by Mozart today, and just listening to it is just it makes you makes you smile in the morning. You oh, know? Yeah. It was the first thing I worked on. I just went right to it. And then um yeah, and then I'm um, also uh this week this and next week starting to get my country album that I started in December going to add a few more songs and then get find Nashville vocalists and LA vocalists to sing on uh this country album. So if you're a pro country album, uh, a, a pro country vocalist and you're listening to this podcast i might have a gig for you nice. if you want to uh, to be on a song that's going to be in a sony bmg library so that's what's going on and then finally uh just working a lot on obviously getting the website up getting that just right um i don't have any complicated like i don't know what you use you probably can use your course now to take payments on all the different things you sell and things but I just do it through eBay, uh, through PayPal. And so I use PayPal buttons. It's super low tech, but I've been doing it for years and it's worked. The uh, lower the great. tech, the better in, in, <laughs> in many cases. The, the website looks great, by the way. And I think, it, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's just simple, it's straightforward. That's what a website should be. Shouldn't be uh, too cluttered. Uh, things look good. 
again, as I talk about in the video that I just released today about how I can help people, I didn't get into making a, a YouTube channel so that I could make more money doing more consulting. I mean, I, I, I do it and I'm doing, I have two calls today, two consulting calls, coaching calls today, mm -hmm. and I like doing it. But I, I did it because I wanted to share my experiences in, in what we're talking about, this stock licensing and all the licensing stuff basically. And, 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 and talk about how I make income and things like that. But the big thing I've been working on this week and this final thing is uh, my new ebook and course about royalty-free libraries. And nice. it's kind of a, a, an intro mini course, if you will. It's not gonna be overly expensive, but it's, it, I'm writing as an ebook, but I did a poll and people overwhelmingly said they prefer a course. So I'm gonna make a course out of it and include the ebook that way people can refer to the PDF if from time to time if they want to know because it basically just goes through all the libraries even ones I'm not part of things I know about them even if I'm not on them right. and how to uh, how to get in them on all that kind of stuff it's not the course that's going to really uh, show screens of how to get how to upload step by step that's another thing that's coming down the pike but this is a main question I get a lot is, what are all the libraries? How do I find them? What what are all the stock libraries? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people just need that at their fingertips all the time. Because, you know, you can't sit in one night and go through them all and put all your music in all of them. It takes a while to go through and do all that. For my last thing, uh, I know I said the last thing was the last thing, but here's the last thing. Um, it's good to be getting our podcast up on YouTube. And if you are listening to this on uh, on, on a podcast player and you're just listening to the audio, we do now put our podcast up on our YouTube channels. You can see it either on Steve's channel or on uh, Steve's channel, uh, Production Music Academy, or on the Make Music Income YouTube channel. And we're going to be putting some markers in there so you can find your way around if, if you don't have that much time to listen to the whole thing. Or you can just listen on YouTube on your phone if you want to in your car or wherever you are. So, um we're, we just uh, put the first one up last week. We're putting another one up tomorrow. And you're just going to see all the podcasts going back to number one. Mm -hmm. And then every new podcast will come out on Monday morning. Yeah, I'm putting episode one up tomorrow Yep, on my so channel. We're, we, we put up episode six as the first one on YouTube. And now we're going to catch you up by putting them up on Mondays and Fridays until we're caught up there. Okay, so let's get to today's topic. And this is a really interesting that one that Steve brought up and brought to me this week and something I hadn't heard of just as a you know I had not heard of unfair advantage and uh, but since I've done a lot of reading on it and it's really an interesting thing and it's absolutely something I've been teaching uh, without calling it this for about 15 or 20 years in my workshops with artists and songwriters and Usually I would have an, an art. And the first thing we talked about was my story and how I came up and why, how it got me where I am. And then I would do their story. Actually, I did that in reverse. I would do their story first, and then I would do my story mm -hmm. as, a, as a person, as a company. And that was always a great way to start. And so it, we all have unfair advantages over other people. And we just don't realize it because we all have a, a life that's lived and has so many unique twists and turns 
that have taught us so many things that the next person doesn't know. And even if they know one thing, they don't know one of the other things that we know. So I could go through my list. Do you want to go through yours uh, first, Steve? My list of, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't. How did you, how did you structure this? I structured it as a list, so. Yeah, I didn't structure it as a list. So I just had thoughts about it in the sense that like, you know, in terms of what the concept means to me, um, you know, the way I see it is that we all have some inherent talents uh, or gifts, um, not necessarily like something that you're, you're born with, but like, uh, you know, it, it could be like, let's just say if you don't have, if you don't think that you have one, like, trust me that you, you just haven't discovered it yet. You probably uh, have many. You probably actually. have many. And like, for, for, okay, for example, like for me personally, I consider myself, uh, you know, pretty mediocre, mediocre at pretty much uh, all things. You know, like I've yeah, had me the too. I've had the benefit. I, I, I consider of, you pretty mediocre at all things. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just kidding, I, of course. I've had, the, I've had the benefit of being able to, I, I put some time just I put some time into music production, you know, but I've I've seen people pick it up way, way faster than I did. I just put a lot of time into it. Right. So anything can be learned uh, given enough time and uh, and effort. Um, I, I'm probably a, overall like a very slow learner, to, to be honest. So for me, I think like uh, if there's anything I excel at, it's probably more like hand eye coordination stuff like pattern recognition. So it's, it's always been pretty easy for me to like pick up, um, an instrument, uh, and, and learn it fairly quickly. So I've, I've, I've probably slowed down in, uh, in that respect now that I'm a bit older, but when I was a kid, I basically taught myself, uh, how to play guitar and I did it pretty quickly. Um, and it just felt like really natural to, to learn it. Um, you know, over time I took it more seriously and I got pretty good at it. And then when I started getting interested in music production and especially in music licensing, um, that became and is, and still is my secret weapon, uh, and, or what I would consider to be like my unfair advantage as they say. Right. So, um, playing acoustic guitar was actually my entry point into writing music licensing tracks and it all stemmed from that. So, um, you know, that I started writing for a library and doing like acoustic kind of indie stuff. That was like the first types of licensing tracks that I ever wrote. Um, but you know, if, if you don't have any experience with an instrument under your belt, like, don't worry about that. Cause like, you know what, I, I mean, one of my close friends is, is a very successful music producer and he has no musical training whatsoever. Um, he started off as a DJ and that was his entry point into, into like the music world. Um, <clears throat> And you could take someone like, uh, you know, Rick Rubin, for example, who's probably one of the greatest music producers of, of all time, uh, has, has no, he, he never twists any knobs in the, st in the studio, has no real uh, interest in the, in the technical stuff, but he's just, a, he's a fantastic listener. He has an intuitive sense for like truth and sincerity uh, in music and, and that it's his gift to be able to kind of like steer, uh, you know, his, his, his uh, whichever bands or uh, musicians he's working with in the right direction that's just kind of his unfair advantage he's just a really great listener so it comes in all forms it comes in all forms um you can certainly if you put the time in you can become great at anything but uh, we all kind of have um you know some natural things that we're, we're we're maybe kind of predisposed to be to be good at um and uh it doesn't have to be you know um like a like a it doesn't have to be an a musical instrument it can just be a sort of intuitive sense for for some things so those are sort of just my thoughts on on the idea and the concept 
That's cool. And, um, you know, again, I think everyone, the thing they have to do, and this is what I do, is look back at my life and say, okay, what are the things that gave me unfair advantages all, all along the way? Not just now, but raised in a musical family. Dad was a band leader and a trombone player. Mother was a, a, a 40-year church organist and piano teacher. I'm a keyboard player. You know, I, I didn't take piano lessons that much. But anyway, uh, I was a composer. I started writing songs when I was 13. I started, I was in choirs at our church and touring and doing performances every year for 10 years growing up. I was in a winning high school marching band that was traveling all over the place. Mm -hmm. So all of those things, and just through that point, just up to 18, already I had a bunch of stuff that other people didn't have, and it was unique and different. And most everybody listening to this podcast had a life up to 18 where they had, you know, as far as our stats are concerned, uh, up to 18, everybody has those all those experiences. Now, they could be good and they could be bad. Bad experiences are also good for you to have uh, as an advantage because you know what not to do exactly, uh, a yeah. little bit. But then, I, I, since I was writing songs, my dad just happened to be a freak for equipment and always had a reel-to-reel -reel deck and microphones and stuff and, and then bought a grand piano, which is now in my living room, when I was 16. And I just was recording on his equipment and was starting to record my stuff and then other people's songs, friends' songs. And so I had that advantage. I My parents paid for me to go to college uh, for the first time. Uh, not for the first time, but uh, I say for the first time because I went to college five times, but um, for the first three years at UK, and then I quit that to go tour with a pop band. That's another advantage I had. I went out and was on the road, just like you've done, you know, gone out yeah. and had that experience yeah, uh, yeah. out in front of people. I ended up in Chicago, a big city that I did not know anything about coming from a, a relatively small college town and uh, in Kentucky, and then going to Chicago. Anybody who grows up in a small town in Kentucky should go live in Chicago for four years because it'll really give you a lot of advantage in your head and in street smarts and things. Cool. Um, I, I went to college again while I was there. I had sports experience when I was there, working as college and, and professional sports there for a while. Got to travel a lot with that. I owned my own business for 31 years. Uh, I started a business in 1990, basically, uh, it, just doing one-off little arrangements and stuff for people or whatever, and that grew into a production business. I worked corporate and did video jobs and did web jobs, and I did Photoshop jobs. I had my own music all this time. Since I was 13, I was releasing in, on cassette or on CD. I then worked for 20 years, basically, as a music producer for people in and around Nashville. I went to college three more times in Nashville and, and then here in Florida. And then I had lots of experience in video as far as shooting and editing and being on camera, either with clients, for clients, or about my companies. I read a lot. A lot of people say, how do you know so much? I'm like, I read a lot. I mean, I've read keyboard magazines since the 70s. I've read, you know, all, you can, have these advantages. None of these advantages I had to go pay for necessarily. I just had them and you have them too. And so through all of these things is knowledge that other people don't have. And when you mix these unique things, maybe somebody else will, went from a small town, lived in Chicago, but they probably didn't then 
go to college there or work in sports there and get to travel all around the United States with a sports league. You know, it, it's just a combination of the things that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And all of those are good, even bad things. And one of the things I would always ask clients at first is, what has happened to you, good and bad, that has affected your life? Because that's the stuff we write songs about. That's the stuff that we fight through and we get better through and change our lives for and because of. So the bad things are also great unfair advantages, believe it or not. It's great songwriting so, material. It really is. If you want to look at it that way. I mean, you had you had the an, a, incredible amount of opportunity, it sounds like, and you took advantage of that. Um, which is smart. And you also have the benefit of just being around as long as you have, you know, it's like if you're not going to have the same amount of life experience as an 18 year old as you are as a, you know, someone who's in their fifties. So it's just like, you know, time, it takes time to to gather these kinds of uh, advantages as well. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at what is you, the listener or the viewer on, on this podcast, what are your unfair advantages? Well, your life experiences, like I said, your music experiences. Almost everybody I've ever talked to has come to me to do an album or to be produced in the studio or whatever. Or now people I'm coaching about, you know, doing licensing work and, and figuring that what they're going to do to make music income out. They've all had music experiences. Some are in school. Some are going to school. Some went to school. Mm-hmm. Some were in bands. Some played, came up with your similar story about just they became a guitar player, they became a piano player, whatever. Mm-hmm. All those musical experiences, being in bands that traveled around, being in the, in the studio, night after night, day after day, working for people. <clears throat> all those musical experiences are, are advantages that you have over other people. Education. Um, I know we don't talk a lot about education in our group, and it seems, and I, I need to do a poll on this. I, I think I started one, but I haven't really pushed it. But I, I think it is interesting to find out how many people at least took, let's say, music in high school uh, or, mm-hmm. or in up to up to graduating high school. Yeah. They were in music. And then how many people pursued music of some kind in college or went to a music tech school or something like that? Mm-hmm. All that education is advantage. Um, and other work experiences, jobs. My job in corporate was eventually I was doing like little video clips and and audio clips and stuff like that and learned Photoshop and stuff that I still use now. Those are advantages. Just, yeah, you, just you had experience. a huge advantage with the like getting into YouTube before like because I, I used to I, I had to learn all that, you know, all that video editing, editing stuff from scratch. I had no idea what I was doing initially. Well, again, but it's great. It's great to have life that experience. Being old has its advantages and being in for two and a half years working for a video company in the 90s mm-hmm. that I had to learn how to edit video. Now, what, there wasn't YouTube around at that time, but there was Avid and I, I worked on big Avid system and edited video. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, the experience is good and I've had to use YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all those things as they've come along for the clients that I was doing music for in Nashville and beyond. And all of them had to ha- had to have all those things. But again, anybody could be have any of these experiences I've had, and they probably have ones that I haven't had. Mm-hmm. They've probably traveled the world. I've I've never been. The only time I've ever been out of the United States was on a cruise. So there's people listening to this podcast who are not only in other parts of the world. They've traveled in tons of other places. They know Europe and they know 
uh, traveling back and forth to other countries. I don't really know that except for, you know, going to the Bahamas, which is about the only thing I've ever done as far as going out of the U.S. More cultured than you and I. You could say that. <laughs> I mean, so so the bottom line for me is that each of us has a long, strange road with mm-hmm. all these different weird turns. That, and when you look back, you go, how in the world did I go there and then there and then there? And I, how did I go to this and Chicago and this and that and this and this corporate job and then into video and then back in the corporate job and then out of corporate completely and start a studio job and all that. Everybody has this road. It could be, you could call it, I call it God, you may call it fate or whatever the way that you get on this original road of yours. God or fate or whatever set you down a unique path that no one else has been on. And every stop along the way I think that's your unfair advantage. Yeah, and I think also like <clears throat> just to to relate it to like um, you know music licensing and or uh, and songwriting and composition. It's like I think that I mean it's probably obvious to to most people, but I think using that unfair advantage or whatever it is that you're you know you're naturally good at as a starting point um, is is a good place you know to start with with like you know music production if you're new to it if or if you know if you're new to like you know songwriting. It's like it was it w- it was it only made sense for me to start writing guitar songs um, for, uh, for for the sync tracks that I was working on because like you know I didn't know how to do anything else like you know all the DAW stuff was like it was totally new to me but I could put a microphone in front of me and start playing that guitar you know and I've heard Daniel talk about this too it's like when he started writing uh, Daniel from Stock Music Licensing and when he, he we started writing tracks for Audio Jungle you know, he was new to the production thing as well. And, um, it was easy for him to kind of just layer in some, you know, some acoustic tracks. And those were the first tracks that he uploaded and started doing well with, um, you know, and, and if it's not acoustic guitar, maybe you're, you're great at, 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 a, at the piano. Maybe you're a great vocalist, you know, those, those are all good places to kind of, or start. maybe you're a great programmer. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just maybe you understand music for... uh, theory really well. And you're, you know, it's easy for you to put together, um, uh, or maybe you just like understand a genre of music really well. So I mean, like for me, it made sense to to um, to start writing hip hop tracks at some point because, like, I grew up listening t- to tons of hip hop when I was when I was a kid. So I understood I understood the genre pretty well. You know, I'm so pretty comfortable writing in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of makes sense. You know, I don't know if you you'd call that an unfair advantage, but in a way, it is just because it's like I had so much time listening to a certain type of music. Well, I, I understood it. It's not unfair. the 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 word unfair is not fair. the The word unfair, what it means is other people might think it's unfair. Well, exactly. that's no fair. You got to be. You got to. You were raised in a musical family, so of course you're musical. Or it's no fair. You got to be in choirs or bands or you got to be a producer you got to work in nashville it's no fair well there's other things that you've got to do that i haven't got to do Mm -hmm. and and it's not that it's i think unfair advantage is is kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit it is it is tongue-in-cheek and it's it's kind of a clicky term you know but but what it's saying is that we all have privileges um, unique advantage advantage of yeah unique advantage would probably be a, a more fair title of this what unique advantages do you have over other people mm-hmm. and just finding what those are and then exploiting them you have to do something about it one of the biggest problems and the the, the hardest things to teach people is to actually do you can t- teach them what to do but you can't make them do it mm-hmm. you can't put a gun to their head and make them do it um, one of the reasons why 
it's probably a little easier to work with composers than it is artists is because composers are actively composing. They, they know how to compose. They are working on their stuff. Artists mm-hmm. are almost like helpless children in some ways. They don't do anything. They don't know anything. They're singers. They're maybe piano player and singers. But beyond that, they have no idea what to do with their careers. And so someone has to come along and say, okay, uh, Whitney Houston, step in front of this microphone and sing this song, you know, and I'll do the rest. I'll produce it and put it out there and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Whitney Houston was a singular talent. You can look at tons of other people who were like that. Uh, by the way, I just have to mention this while I still remember it. I my, The last dream I had this morning before I woke up, I was sitting in a closet with Paul McCartney and I think another Beatle. I, I can't remember. It was either Paul McCartney and someone like Paul Simon. It was some, another songwriter. Two and Pauls. they were singing songs and writing songs. And I sneakily got out my phone and I pressed record so that I could <laughs> later on show everybody. And I told my <laughs> wife about it. And she said, well, show me. I'm like, uh, it's not on here. It was a dream. So that's I just had to mention that as long, since we were talking about singular talents. <laughs> No, that's definitely, I'm not sure my dreaming is an unfair advantage. It's a little bit of a disadvantage. (laughs) It's something. I don't know. I don't know if it's an advantage. It's just. So anyway, that happened. So uh, to wrap this up, any last thoughts on it? No, I'll just say, you know, um, don't fret if you feel like you haven't found your uh, your advantage yet. Uh, It will find you in good time. But it will. Either you will have that experience coming up or you've already had it and you have to go back and look through your life a little bit. And sometimes I have to have people journal journal their life a little bit. Yeah. And I will tell them before they come into a coaching session or a consult, I'll say, write down the big events, the, the things that have happened to you. Um, back when I used to do um, mainly uh, gospel music I would say, tell me the things about, since we're focusing on gospel music, tell me the, the big highlights of your music life and your, your ministry life or your whatever, your church life. Mm-hmm. And because we were going to blend those two. If they were jazz artists, I'd say, tell me the, the background of your playing and your, your gigs and all that kind of stuff. Write them down. Know what they are so I have a sense of what your life experience is. And I think if you go back and do that, with your life, just like I went through and kind of did my bullet points. That's a long story, but um, and you got the short version. Can you imagine? So, uh, but those bullet points will let you start to see what your advantages are and how you can, and then maybe you can take advantage of them in your music making and in your income generating. So totally, yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Well, that's that section. Would you like to move on to some questions that I have uh, listed here? Let's do it. I have, um, I looked through this morning uh, some questions I've gotten over just the past week, really, off my YouTube channel. And thank you so much for everybody who's watching the YouTube channel and especially people who leave really nice comments and ask questions that are fun to return. And so here are a few of them. One person asked me if they could pull songs out of non-exclusive libraries to put into exclusive libraries. So if you put something into Pond5, you put something in a motion array, if you get an opportunity for it exclusively, can you take it out of there? And mm-hmm. the answer in most cases is yes. Now, there are several libraries. One of them is AudioSparks. 
one of them I just signed up for the other day, I think. I can't remember which one it was. But they said, oh, I didn't sign up for them because they said this. You have to put your songs up here in perpetuity. Now, they're going to be non-exclusive, but you can't take them out because we're going to be marketing them and all this kind of stuff. Right. And uh, so there, some of those libraries, you probably legally still can. I mean, uh, you, you could just say, listen, the, 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 you could find a reason to get out of it, but uh, they well, this, ask you not to. This is the experience that you've had with Audio Sparks, is it not? Audio because like, Sparks. Yeah, because they, yeah. they are they kind of have the same thing where they, they want your tracks in perpetuity, but you've managed to take a few out of that library, right? And I may have an unfair advantage with Audio Sparks because I put so much stuff in there that they don't feel like that I am going to, like, I don't just have five songs in there. And if I take two out, then it's going to not give them as much stuff to work with. Yeah. I have hundreds of songs in there. I have 100 to 200 songs in there. So, um, or at least audio files in there. Mm -hmm. And so if I have to take a few out and say that, hey, my label said I need to take a few out, then they'll be like, they'll take them out. But uh, in general, if with Pond5, Motion Array, Audio Jungle, you Pond5 and Audio Jungle, they're gone instantly. Right. right. Now, say, motion, motion Array is to, it takes a thirty has thirty days, right? And a few of them are thirty days. V Fine Music takes fifteen to thirty days, it seems like, <clears> to remove them. But they will instantly they will remove them. But it just takes a while for them to actually get out of the engine, mm -hmm. and that's fair enough. So yes, the answer is usually yes. Except you may have to have a waiting period, especially with Motion Array, or and I, I know there's other ones that are 30 days. Um, I know Deposit Photos is is instantly. I know Dreams Time is instantly. So each one of them is going to be a little different, but the uh, the main answer is yes. You can take your songs out of non-exclusive stock libraries and put them into exclusive things, but mm -hmm. you'll need to tell the company that you're selling, you're signing to, uh, that it's in these libraries and it's going to take a few weeks for it to get out usually yeah. they won't care and usually it'll take that long just to get the contracts back and going and all that kind of stuff so you've got time yeah okay question number two do you ha do music libraries involve a middleman who gets paid before you and um the answer that i've seen is no now on the sync side a lot of times your library is a middleman your library is like i'm on a i'm with a library that's connected to sony bmg so the money goes to Sony BMG from the client, like the songs I just had used recently. That money, if there's upfronts, that goes to the music library I am signed with, and then it comes to me. So in in, in some ways, that library is the middleman between me and Sony BMG. But mm -hmm. other libraries I'm with, no, money that's paid to them, those upfronts come to me, or a, a part of those upfronts come to me. Uh, Non-exclusive royalty-free libraries as far as I know, there's no middleman between the two of you. Would you say that's true? Well, just the, yeah, like you said, I think that the library is the they are the uh, the middleman. They're the, yeah between they're you the and the thing client. in between the client and you selling music. So, so yeah, as there as is. I, I think this person was asking about royalty free music libraries, if I remember right. Right. And they, I told him the answer is no. Uh, it goes to them, and then they pay you the next month on the fifteenth or whatever their payday is. Yeah, I guess I guess you could think of uh, as the payouts like um, the whatever program they're using to send the payouts. Like PayPal is another middleman. PayPal which, could be a middleman. Yeah, which takes like sure. a transaction fee, um, which yeah, which adds up if if there if there's enough money going through it. Okay. Question number three, can I put non-exclusive stock music on my Spotify and Apple? Uh, 
um, things? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yep. I don't. I, I think that 100 audio says something about not putting it on those things. Have you seen that? They in say language? a lot of weird things, but I think if you're non-exclusive, <laughs> I mean, the language gets so confusing with 100 audio because it's all translated from, uh, uh, you know, from Mandarin or whatever. But like they. Uh, it's, I think if you're non-exclusive, then don't worry about it. That's the, that's the definition of non-exclusive. You know, like if it's non-exclusive, you can put your music anywhere. You should be able to. And if there's any kind of like stipulations about it not being on Spotify, then I wouldn't just I just would not consider that to be non-exclusive. And and this next kind of sub question is what about exclusive libraries? And that will always be up to the library that you're working with. Yeah, they'll let uh, you know. The three I'm in don't have a problem with it. It's not their first goal. Um, and, and probably they would love, they would just as soon it not be there, but they don't mind if it is. Um, I think it should be because if someone hears my song in a show and they do a Shazam to, on their phone to see who the song belongs to or who that song is, I mm -hmm. want them going to my Spotify thing. Mm -hmm. I want that song to blow up on Spotify. So, um, the answer is usually yes on exclusive libraries, but again, it will depend on the library. Yep. All right, question four. Uh, I joined Motion Array, but I can't submit songs. Why is that? And this is a common one I get from people who join Motion Array as a, they just join it. In other words, they're, they're joining as a customer. Motion Array and most of these right. libraries, even Pond5 and Audio Jungle, I think, they require you to join them first and then join as a contributor. Mm -hmm. So there's like a second part. And Motion Array is one of these. You have to sign up, and then you have to go and sign up as uh, apply as a contributor. And so this might be on other libraries other than Motion Array, but I've had at least two people come to me now and go, I signed up on Motion Array, but I don't see where to submit my songs. And what they didn't do is actually go to the place that you know, lets them submit songs. And that's one one of the things that my upcoming course slash ebook will talk about is the actual page to go to to sign up to be a contributor. And if you're, and if you're not, and, and if they require another sign up, they'll let you know. In other words, you go to the page and say, I wanna be a contributor. They'll say, uh, you need to sign up with our, our site first. Yeah, and, and just to, you know, so it's not confusing to anybody, like you, you don't have to like uh, subscribe to one of their paid plans to be, no. uh, to be a contributor, no. you just have and to. And you shouldn't, yeah, you, there's no not. reason to. Yeah. So don't, yeah, don't sign up for a $19.99 a month uh, account because <laughs> unless, you think that's the way in. Unless you, unless you need some, uh, you know, some After Effects templates. <laughs> I pay and, in Vado every music. month. I pay in Vado every month. Yeah. Because I use their stock videos and stock uh, images for my websites, for my client you, videos, for you all should, that stuff. Uh, you, should, you should switch over to, to uh, Motion Array. I think, I think they got a better selection. I'll look. Yeah. I can see. And it's cheaper too, I think. It might be. That's I think Avado is like 30 bucks a month. I, I, my daughter uses it too, so I'll have to check with her because she's a, she also is a, she's a wedding photographer and mm. a designer. So uh, we both use it for, for stock stuff. But um, anyway, and last class question I have here is someone said, is two and a half minutes really a song? What and does that mean? well, you know, in general, the accepted length of a song that you would submit to a royalty-free or an exclusive library is going to be in the two to three minute range. Uh, that's what cues, if you want to call them cues, C-U-E-S, 
um, or uh, songs that you would put up. The majority of them run probably two and a half minutes. If you look at Taxi, uh, when they ask for songs, they ask for songs to be, sometimes they ask for 90 minute to 90 seconds to a minute and a half yeah. or 90 seconds to two minutes. But most of the time, two to three minutes is is kind of an accepted thing. Not Now, I have tons of songs on royalty-free libraries that make me money that are over four minutes. So it's not that they have to be two and a half minutes. But the other the thing about this question, is two and a half minutes really a song? Well, you can find two and a half minute songs on Spotify all day from Justin Bieber and uh, and all these big artists, Ariana Grande and all of them have two and a half minute pop songs. Radio has always preferred as short as you can make it. If you go back and listen to songs from the 50s and 60s, they were all a minute. They were, all, they were lucky if they were two minutes. I mean, they were really fast and they went, got through it and were done. So that's always been a thing. But the answer is, well, what are your thoughts on this before I th- tell you my answer? Well, I'm, I, I guess I'm surprised at the question. I mean, like, like you said, it's like, I think that the, I mean, I mean, yeah, most songs are, are, uh, are in between two and three minutes, at least, uh, like, uh, pop, pop songs. Um, that's pretty standard. I, I can't even tell you how many songs <laughs> that are like under two minutes in, uh, in, in motion array. And, uh, like I have a lot that are, um, that are about 90 seconds. Like the one I just submitted for taxis is 90 seconds or no, maybe it's about, it's just under two minutes, but, um, I think short and sweet is pretty standard with uh, with licensing tracks. Um, I think they also make a loop so that people can loop it if they need it to be longer than two and a half minutes. They can and so much loop. of the, the the music that I upload to these libraries is all loop based, you know, and it's just finding ways of making that loop interesting and, and kind of evolve. I think trailer music maybe is a, a little bit longer, um, uh, you know, maybe in the three three to four minute range or something like that. But yeah, I think. Uh, depending on the kind of genre you're working with, it's like a, like a two minute track is like, you know, two, something in between two and three minutes is very, very standard. My answer is yes, it's a song, but that's not the point with music libraries. Music library is not always to provide them a song. Some people want some, some libraries or music supervisors or sync agents want songs because they want the vibe or the artist vibe or whatever. But you have to think about these libraries. You're not making songs necessarily. A lot of times you are making pieces of music that can be used in a video that can be used in a scene. Like a, and fi- that scene, a 15 second scene like, yeah. or, like, or less, you know, it's <clears throat> some exactly like you said, it's like some of these, uh, mo- most of this stuff is being, you're not going to hear the whole the track. You're going to hear a tiny snippet of it. So yeah. that's why most of the, the licensing music I create is just, is based on a, on a four to eight bar loop because yep. There's no point in it being, uh, you know, some, some, you know, long-winded composition. It's, it's just that's not the the point, really, because, like you said, it's like the, the, when it gets used, it gets cut down to like barely anything. And and if it's used in a video on for a YouTuber, it's going to be underneath the vocal so much that you can barely hear it. It's more like just mm-hmm. space filler, or um, so. Yeah, it's it's it is pretty standard. Two to three minutes is pretty standard, I think, in the entire music industry for for pop songs and these kinds of pieces of music that people are going to use. And remember, we are making music for use for libraries. Exactly. This is, or as my my saying in one of my videos goes, it's not music for you; it's music for use. 
And we're so used to making music for ourselves. The, what we like, what we think our fans will like, what we want our fans to like, we make that. But in this type of, type of uh, use, in this type of profession in the licensing world, you're making a music piece that someone can use for their own uses, mm -hmm. not because they think you're awesome. So it's, it's really not about you, and it's really not about how cool and great a song is this. Is, is this piece of music usable in my production? And that's my answer for that. Exactly. Very long answer for a short question. <laughs> but um, it's way longer than two and a half minutes. <laughs> but anyway. Is that even an answer? <laughs> Certainly not usable in in licensing. I'm gonna have to answer. edit this out. <laughs> I'm cutting the, I'm hey, cutting well, this down. luckily that's all I have for this episode. So unless you have anything else you want to talk about, no, I'm we done. can so. we can wrap it up there. That was good. That was good. Okay, good. Well, uh, I hope you guys find your unfair advantage. I hope this information has been helpful to you and or your unique be, advantage. Your unique. That's what we'll, we'll rename it. The unique advantage. I like that. All right. Very good. Well. We'll see you next week and keep making music income and make sure you go check out the new site, music, makemusicincome.com. I should know my own website and uh, watch our videos and get in touch if you need to. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Take care, guys. Thanks. Talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.